to One Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. And for more information, please visit us on the web at onechurch.net. Hello, One Church Orlando. It's such a privilege to join you today. My name is Timothy, and I'm the pastor of SOS Church in Bienne, Switzerland. And the whole church is sending you the greetings and all our love. It's so amazing that we can be connected together. And especially, I want to say thank you to Pastor Justin and Jennifer. Thank you for having me to join into this series that you guys are having about the book of Acts. And I'm so happy that I can go into the Word of God with you and encourage you a little bit today. Just a few words. I, I had the privilege of meeting Pastor Justin a couple of times and one time was uh, at a festival and we hadn't the chance to meet a lot but the few times we have met there was really a very special friendship that is born and I really appreciate very specially I want to say Pastor Justin our friendship our connection and also now that our churches are connecting together and I'm looking forward maybe one day I'll be able to visit you in Orlando that would be amazing of course and before I start to uh, to go into the word I also wanted to tell you that here in Switzerland we are really praying for you in the USA we know that you guys are going through a special time currently with the politics and all of that we pray for you we believe that God will will continue to uh, to uh, guide everything and we just need a strong America you have such an amazing country you have been a blessing to to so many and we continue to pray for you because we need your country to be strong because you have invested so much also in in SOS adventure in in missions generally in America so we really believe that the best still is yet to come okay so let's go into the word together and the title of my of my message today is the joy of the lord is your strength amen and you know the first thing I want to say is that being born in Switzerland or, or being born in the USA is not synonym of, of happiness. It doesn't mean that you will, it's not a guarantee of a happy life. And the same way if you are born in a third world country or so, it's not synonym of bad luck, okay? It doesn't work like that. Someone said that 10% of what happens to you will determine your happiness only. 90% is determined by how you will react to those circumstances, okay? Very important to know that every day we have, uh, we have the opportunities to take many choices. We have to take choices almost every day. And, uh, and it's very easy to be frustrated if things are not going always as we want. It's okay to be unhappy with the circumstances. But the truth is you have a choice. You have a choice to rejoice. You have a choice to choose joy. You can choose you can actually choose a, a joy over sadness. You can choose a good thoughts over bad thoughts, over negative thoughts, okay? You can choose a forgiveness over offense. And there's many things you can choose. And in the same way, you can choose joy over sadness, amen? I believe that, that 2021 will be a year of increasing joy for your church, for your family, for you as a person, amen? You see in Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 19, it is said, I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life. Amen. You see, we have a choice. We can choose many 
many things, okay? And uh, now I want us to go into chapter 5 of the book of Acts because we are in, the, in a series about the book of Acts and we can learn something about the joy of the Lord in that chapter. And I want to read you a story of the apostles, the disciples, they are in a very in a very special situation and they're actually rejoicing in a very unlikely situation, okay? And it's really an amazing story. Actually, they are preaching about the res resurrected Jesus everywhere and there are many mighty signs and miracles that are following when they preach. And then the religious leaders, they actually start a persecution against them and uh, they throw them in prison. And then an angel frees them, they walk out, and they just preach some more. And then they get caught again. And here's what happens. Uh, read with, with me in Acts 5, verse 40 to 42. They called in the apostles and had them flogged. Then they ordered them never again to speak in the name of Jesus. And they let them go. The apostles left the high council rejoicing that God had counted them worthy to suffer this grace for the name of Jesus. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they continued to teach and preach this message, Jesus is the Messiah. So what I want you to see is that in this passage, we see people joyful in a situation that we can almost not understand why they are joyful, rejoicing that God had counted them worthy to suffer this grace for the name of Jesus. And, and this is something really very special for us because we are not, we're not used to that kind of joy here in the Western world, okay? To rejoice in the midst of suffering. It's something that is difficult for us Westerners to understand. But I want you to know that many of our brothers and sisters in many countries around the world, they are still living exactly the same situation. And they still have to choose joy even when they are sometimes flogged, even when they are thrown in prison, even maybe when they are forbidden to to have access to some things that other people have access, okay? And uh, that's what the Book of Acts Church was experiencing. And I want to tell you that it's the same for you. You also have the power to choose joy over sadness, joy over depression, even in the most unlikely situation. Even when there are maybe uh, hardships coming your way, you can still choose to rejoice because that kind of joy is not depending on what is around you, but it's something that you have on the inside of you. Amen? So does that mean that to be a good Christian, you need to be persecuted or rejected? That's not what I'm saying at all, okay? At all. But, but you know, here in the Western world, we have this tendency to always pray God to take every difficulty away, to always take every temptation away, always to take every hardship from our lives away. And then sometimes when hardship happens, when temptation happens, or when something difficult happens to us, then we think, oh, I must not be holy enough, or oh, God must be disappointed in me, or I must be lacking faith. But this is a wrong perspective about hardships. This is not the right perspective about difficult times, okay? So today I want us to develop a new perspective about joy, about hardships, about difficult times, okay? And I believe that this message will strengthen you and encourage you to continue in 2021 in the best way possible, okay? So what kind of joy is this? What quality of joy is that? Where does that kind of joy 
come from. Let's go a little deeper into studying this dimension of joy, okay? So the question I want us to ponder today is, what brings those, those first Christians from the book of Acts? Or what brings, what leads our brothers and sisters that are persecuted in other countries to go through any trials and still stay joyful, okay? So the, the first thing we can learn is that actually they keep their joy no matter what because they know that the source of their joy cannot be taken away from them. Amen? That's the first key I want to give you, okay? So, you know, those disciples that we see rejoicing in the difficult times, they have not always been joyful. Read with me in John 16 in the verse 20. It's Jesus telling them, I tell you the truth. You will weep and mourn over what is going to happen to me. But the world will rejoice. You will grieve, but your grief will suddenly turn to, wonder to wonderful joy. And that was just a couple of weeks prior to the story we have read in, in, in Acts 5, where they are rejoicing in the midst of suffering. Jesus telling them, you will weep and mourn, but suddenly this sadness will turn into a wonderful joy. And then two verses further, in verse 22 of the chapter 16 of John, it's written, So you have sorrow now, but I will see you again. Then you will rejoice, and no one can rob you of that joy. Okay? So they knew that the words of Jesus were real. The kind of joy they had, that, that joy that came from seeing Jesus resurrected, from knowing that there was a a power beyond death, knowing that Jesus was living in them by the power of the Holy Spirit, was giving them a joy that no one could rub them, okay? That no one could take away from them. Not a thing, not a person can take that joy away from them. And it's the same for you. Amen? We can see that Jesus was saying the world will rejoice. And then later on, no one can rob you of that joy. We can see two different kinds of joys, okay? We can, we can say that the world rejoice, that's the joy of the world, or maybe mere happiness. And then the words that say no one can rob you of that joy, that's the joy of the Lord. But let's start with worldly joy, okay? Joy from the world or mere happiness. What is it? It's based on outside circumstances. It's based on what you have, on your belongings, on your success on things like that, okay? Very often it's very superficial. It's a little bit like a drop of water on a leaf and it can just slip away at any moment. There is no guarantee. Laws can change, companies can go bankrupt, you know? Uh, uh, sometimes we get sick, it can happen, okay? So happiness often depends on those kind of circumstances. It's temporary, it doesn't last in time, always, okay? It depends on an acquisition, on a good business deal maybe or so. That's what happiness is. And that's why it can be taken away from you. If you put your happiness or if your joy is rooted in those kind of things, then it's not guaranteed, okay? But listen to me, the joy of the Lord is something completely different. And that's the kind of joy the disciples were having in the midst of suffering. Let me tell you more about it. It's a joy that comes from the heart. It's a joy that comes from the inside. The spring is inside. John 4 verses 14 tells us, But those who drink the water I will give will never be thirsty again. 
it becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Wow. It's a source that you have on the inside. It's a joy that comes from within. It doesn't depend on the circumstances. Divine joy is pure. Divine joy doesn't produce any guilt. Divine joy doesn't produce any condemnation, okay? It will satisfy the deepest longing, like it's written here. The, those who drink the water I will give will never be thirsty again. It will bring a satisfaction that nothing in the world can give you. And it means that if those things that the world can give you are taken away from you, it doesn't steal divine joy. It doesn't steal the joy of the Lord. Amen? And when you live with that kind of joy, when you have that quality of joy in your life, oh my friend, you can bear almost any affliction in life, any hardship. You can move on no matter what happens. Nehemiah chapter 8 verses 10 says, don't be dejected and sad. You see, it's a choice. Don't be dejected and sad for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Oh, my friends, that's my declaration today for your church, for you as a family, okay? In your, in your family, with your children, and, and as a person that you will experience this level of joy, this quality of joy, this kind of joy, amen? Divine joy, not just uh, a joy from the world, okay? And uh, least but not last, the joy of the Lord, divine joy, is an eternal joy. It never ceases. These sources never tarries. It never stops, okay? And it gives you strength to continue. And that's why it cannot be stolen from you. And that's why the disciples, the apostles, were rejoicing in a very unlikely situation. They were flogged. They were persecuted. They were thrown in prison. And still, they rejoiced. They actually rejoiced for the privilege it was to be flogged because of the name of Jesus. Can you imagine? I believe, my friends, that here in the Western world, in the Western churches, we will discover this dimension of joy again, okay? Not joy that is linked to materialism, not joy that is just linked to how far we go into our career. No, my friends, joy that comes from the Lord. Let's read some other verses in Acts chapter 5, verses 12 to 14. The apostles were performing many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. And all the believers were meeting regularly at the temple in the area known as the Solomon's Colonnade. But no one else dared to join them, even though all the people had high regard for them. Yet more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord, crowds of both men and women. It is said here that many didn't dare to join them because actually... They didn't want to face the same challenge. They didn't want to face the, the same persecution. But in the meantime, it is written that they had an admiration for them. They had high regard for them. Why? Because they knew that there was something special about them. They were very impressed about their integrity concerning what they believed, concerning also the love they had for their enemies and the peace and the joy they had in the midst of persecution. I mean, they, they could see there was something different. The joy of the Lord distinguished them from all other people. Somehow they wanted to join them, but they stayed back because they were not ready to suffer. Okay? But in this suffering, 
they saw that these people still had a joy, they still had a smile, they still had peace, they still had love, they were not offended, okay? There was no hatred because it was a joy from the Lord, okay? So I believe that you too, we also can rejoice no matter what because the source of that joy cannot be taken away from us, okay? The second key I want to share about why the disciples or maybe our brothers and sisters that are persecuted, that, that are paying a high price for their faith, can rejoice in hardships, it's because they know what these kind of hardships produces inside of them. Let's read in James chapter 1, verses 2 and 4. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind comes your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Oh, friends, I love that, that passage here. When troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. And that's what the disciples knew. That's why some of our persecuted fre friends know also, okay? And uh, like we said in the beginning, we shouldn't be looking for persecution. We shouldn't producing persecution. That would be deeply wrong. But as deeply wrong is to try to avoid it at any cost. Sometimes some Christians, they just want to avoid suffering, avoid persecution at any cost. Of course, the Bible says we should be at peace with everybody as long as it depends on us. But sometimes it doesn't depend on us, okay? So we should not just live, uh, live uh, as if life should be a safe way to death, okay? It's not like that. Sometimes there are difficult moments that happen. And I really believe that there is something very special sometimes when we when we go through hardships, when we go through temptation, we can experience something with Jesus, with God, that is very, very special, okay? And the disciples had a totally different, a totally different perspective of hardships. They were not afraid of it. Maybe they were sometimes even almost looking forward to it because they knew how faithful God was, how special it was sometimes to experience the presence of God in the midst of trials. And that's why they were rejoicing that, were, that they were considered worthy of being persecuted and flogged for the name of Jesus. Can you imagine? I believe that we in the West, we also can reach a level of maturity in our faith like this, okay? I believe it in Jesus' name, okay? Now you might ask, is, is suffering a condition to come closer to God? No, that's not what I'm saying, okay? But you know, we as humans, sometimes we need to be stripped of everything or at least of many things to understand that Jesus is more than enough for us and to find our satisfaction solely in Him, mainly in Him, or may, I would say only in Him, okay? Let's read in Romans 5, verses 3 to 5 that say, we can rejoice, listen to that, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation and this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love can you see it speaks about hardships and the love of God in the same passage hardships is not synonym of 
of lack of holiness, lack of faith, or disappointment from God. It speaks about we can rejoice in problems and trials. And then later it says, we know how dearly God loves us. In the same passage, it is not a sign that God doesn't love you, that God has given up on you. No, sometimes quite the opposite. I believe that sometimes we pray, God, deliver me. And sometimes God says, no, I don't want to deliver you. I want to develop you. I want to strengthen you. I want to equip you. I want to make you stronger. And you know that it's not always when you take all the weights away, when you, do, when you go to the, to the gym, it's not by taking all the weights away from your exercise that you'll get stronger. It's by putting more weights sometimes, okay? In the same way, sometimes God says he allows trials. He's not the author of suffering, but he allows it because he wants to make you stronger. He has a plan for you. Okay? He wants to show you that you can rejoice in the midst of hardships, in the midst of difficulties. Okay? And when we understand this, my friends, nothing can stop us. If you get that revelation, nothing can stop you anymore. Okay? So we too, like the disciples, we can rejoice no matter what. Because we know what hardships produce in us. Amen? And last key, and I want to finish up with this. Luke 10, verse 20, we can see that those disciples, they were able to rejoice no matter what, because they hope, that their hope was not in this life, but in the next. Luke 10, 20 says, but don't rejoice. It's Jesus that said to his disciples. He told them that way before that happened. But don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. Amen. Oh, my friends, maybe, you know, maybe to some that might sound very simplistic, but you know, as Christians, we believe that there, there, there is a life after death, that life doesn't stop at death, that there is eternal life, that there is resurrection after death. Okay. And those disciples, while they were being flogged, they rejoiced. And, and sometimes we, we, we think this is, this is just crazy. How can they Rejoice in situations like that. And sometimes people, when they look at our lives as churches or as, as Christians, they say, but why are you so crazy? Why are you serving so much in the church? Why are you spending so much money on missions? Because we know that there's more to this life than this life only. We have a perspective of eternity. We know that life is going on. We know that this is just the first chapter, just the introduction of the book, that the best is coming. Okay, that there will be a life with Jesus and this life will never end. This, this time is brief. We know that we know how brief this life is. Okay, like a vapor, like a flower that is gone, like the Bible says. And the disciples, they knew that even though they were, they were, they were stripped of everything, they rejoiced. Okay, because they were living for the next life. Okay, There's, somehow our brothers and sisters they don't have really the choice. They have to forget this life for the next. While we in the Western world, we have the tendency to forget the next life because of this one. Because we invest everything in this. In, in careers, in bank accounts. In our, we, we live with, with a perspective of 70, 80 years. Uh, we, we live for our retirement sometimes. But friends, when everything will be said and done. Oh friends, we need to know that we live for eternity. Amen. Everything you are giving away, 
You are not just losing it, okay? You are sending it forward. You are investing it. You are just bringing it to heaven, amen? As Christians, we understand the briefty of life and we rejoice for the day when we will see Jesus face to face. We are living for that day when we will see our master, our savior, our Lord. We live for that, for that reward. He is our reward, okay? And he will give us that crown and he will say, come, my good and faithful servant, come and rejoice. Rejoice with your master, amen? Our joy is over there, my friends. It is in heaven. They had a perspective of eternity. And I believe if we live with the same perspective, we too can rejoice no matter what, because our hope is not in this life, but in the next. Amen. Friends, I believe that the joy of the Lord will be your strength in the coming months and for the rest of this year and for the years to come. Amen. You need to settle in your heart once and for all. That when hardships are coming your way, it is not synonym of God being disappointed. It is not a synonym that you are not good enough, not holy enough, that you are lacking faith. No, it's maybe just God giving you an opportunity to rejoice in an unlikely situation. It's maybe God being willing to develop you, to strengthen you. Not always to, God is sometimes more interested in, in, in developing your inside than just to fix your outside. Your inside matters more to him than just your outside, okay? Your inside is what you will take with you to heaven. The rest will stay down here, okay? God is interested in developing something in you very special. The joy of the Lord, divine joy, pure joy. That joy that the disciples had that made them able to rejoice in the middle of the flogging moment. I want to finish up with two passages. First Peter 1 Peter chapter 4 and verses 12 that says, listen well to that. I love that verse. Dear friends, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through as if something strange were happening to you. The Bible says, Peter says here, why are you surprised when things get difficult? It's normal Christian life. Are there trials? Is there a furnace? Is there a fire you have, been, you have to go through? It is normal Christian life. Okay, don't be surprised. It is normal. Have a new perspective in 2021, okay? There's nothing strange about it. Ah, my friends, this is the perspective that God wants to develop in your life. Imagine, imagine a church. Imagine you as Christian rejoicing in the middle of suffering. How can you stop a church like that? There's nothing you can do. When, when, when you have a church that can rejoice in the middle of hardships, when, when you torture some of them, when you kill some others, and, and people still continue, how can you stop a church like that? It's just impossible. This is the force that can change the world, okay? So that's what I wanted to share to you and how I wanted to encourage you today. Let me just finish by praying for you. I want to bless you today. And uh, Father God, Pray with me where you are now, wherever you are, if you are online or if you are at church, I don't know, but just pray with me, okay? And I want to pray in Jesus' name that you can fill us, that you will fill us with your Holy Spirit, that you will fill us with this pure joy, with this divine joy, with this other quality of joy, that joy that the world, does, that the world doesn't know. I pray in Jesus' name right now that 
each and everyone that is listening to that message will be filled with that joy. A joy that can never be taken away because simply they, it's in their spiritual DNA. It's part of them because they are children of God. I pray in Jesus' name for a new perspective on hardships. I pray in Jesus' name for a hope beyond death. I pray in Jesus' name for a joy no matter the circumstances, a joy that trumps everything else. In Jesus' name I pray. I bless each and everyone on you. Amen. Friends, it was such a joy to be with you today. I hope that you understood my weird English accent. And now, Pastor Justin, that I've been preaching in English, I expect you to come and preach in French. Okay? Let's do this. Friends, be blessed. It's a joy to be with you. We love you. And once again, we send the love from SOS Church Bien and hope to see you soon. Bye-bye.